Welcome to Broad Gauge Gossips, the podcast where you can learn about the faculty of the Department of Military History in the U.S. Army Command and General Staff College. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Department of the Army, Department of Defense, or U.S. Government. Hello, everybody. I am here with Professor Dr. John Kuhn, our naval expert at the Department of Military History of the Command and General Staff College. Dr. Kuhn, welcome. Thank you very much, John. Good to be here. So take us through a little bit of, of your uh, experience, both academically and, and uh, in the military. Where are you coming from? Well, I'm coming from all over, but when it comes to military history, I knew early on that I loved it as a discipline, so I really knew early on that I loved it as a discipline. So, um, in fact, I can name almost exactly the moment that I became enamored with military history. I got to see a performance of, a uh, film performance of Sir Lawrence Olivier and Henry V, and, and the, the, the battle scene at Agincourt just captured my imagination as a, as a seven-year-old kid. Hmm. And from there, I just became so interested in, in all things military, but initially it was through sort of knights in shining armor and that, <laughs> that approach. And, and so that's where I'm coming from is a, a broad area because, you know, I'm part of that generation, the baby boomers. So World War II was this big thing that kind of was right there at all times with us. And, and my, my father had an incredible library of military history books. Um, and uh, he had the West Point atlases, and those things were great. And uh, so I became enamored of just about all facets of military history because of my, my father's really great library of military history and history books. So, so that really kept me interested. And, uh, and then my own background, my, on my mother's side, her, her great-grandfather had fought the Civil War, and, and, so, and he'd been an officer in the Union Army, and, and so there was a lot of lot of rich discussion in my family about the Civil War, and and uh, and so so our involvement in it. I mean, when I was eight years old, my father took us on a uh, to Gettysburg to the battlefield of Gettysburg, and he bought me uh, he bought me some stuff there that I read, and and I read it on the way home from Pennsylvania to uh, to Indiana. By the time I got back to Indiana, I'd read everything that we bought there. And I knew all about the Gettysburg campaign, and and so so initially I was really fascinated with Civil War. And I wanted to write about the Civil War, and study the Civil War so much so that my when we moved down to Louisiana, I audited T. Harry Williams' uh, Civil War class with my mother uh, as when I was ten years old. And T. Harry invited us out to his house there in Baton Rouge to have you know cookies and tea. He was a really gentleman and everything, and. I guess I was hooked by then. That's when I kind of, that's when I thought, well, if I ever get a chance to do this, to be a military historian full time, I'm going to do it. Uh, of course, I, I didn't do it right away. And um, you know, my, my father wanted me to be a doctor, but not a PhD. He wanted me an MD because he was an MD. And, uh, and so when I didn't get into medical school, I went into the Navy. And so I had a 23-year Navy career where I where I kind of forgot about the fact that I wanted to be a military historian. I never forgot about it. I never quit reading military history texts and, and books. But uh, 
but I never thought I'd be one, you know. And and then, and then I I realized maybe I, I could I could be a military historian, and I was here at Fort Leavenworth, and it was my first opportunity to get a degree in military history, a graduate degree in military history, and so I did. And so that's kind of where I'm coming from is 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 that a, sort of a broad interest in in military history. Okay, so. Take us through a little bit of your major research areas. You you obviously are a naval historian, but but tell us what specifically you you study and work on. Well, when I when I began the process of becoming a real scholar, um, which I would regard as when I got into a PhD program and began working on a dissertation. Um, my real interest was the same same interest you had. I was very much interested in the French Revolution and Napoleon. I was just fascinated by the whole era, the period, the geopolitics, the strategy. And that's what I wanted to do. So I've always been interested in that, and I've done some research. And, but, but again, my language skills were never strong enough to really do the kind of research unless I wanted to you know, study sort of the British. And I wasn't so interested in the British. I was far more interested in the French and the Austrians and the Russians. And the Germans, and I was the British. So, right. so uh, my my doctoral advisor uh, Don Rosek, he he said, well, you know, since you know, since your main language is English, you should do something in American history, you know, military history. There's plenty of American military history, John, you know. And I said, oh, okay. Well, I'm not quite sure what to do. And he goes, well, shouldn't it be obvious? And at the time, I was still on active duty in the Navy. And he goes, well, John, you understand the Navy. You understand the Navy as an institution. You've been a part of the 20th century Navy. You know, you had a, a good career in the Navy. My career was about to end. I was about to retire. And so that's where I got into sort of my main area, which is 20th century naval history. Um, and, and it was through that vehicle of naval history um, that I became interested in the dynamics of institutional change and and how institutions do things this idea that institutions are society's rules of the game and and so when I started my my doctoral research I I just kind of let I kind of let a deep dive into the sources uh, get me into sort of my research areas and the deep dive that I wanted to do involved arms limitations treaties. And so I looked at the Washington Naval Treaty, and that's how I found out about the interwar U.S. Navy. And so my primary research area is the, the, the interwar U.S. Navy and, and particularly the organizational aspects. The Naval War College, the Chief of Naval Operations Staff the General Board of the Navy, the Secretariat, uh, the Secretary of the Navy. And so I was really interested in, in individual and organizational dynamics, uh, uh, how navies prepared for the next war in peacetime. And so that's one of my major areas. Uh, it doesn't mean I still don't love Napoleonic warfare. Um, because I spent most of my Navy career in the Pacific, um, I was also fascinated with the military history of Asia. And so in my studies, I sort of got channeled by my mentors at Kansas State University, uh, Dave Graff and Don Rosek, to really look at Asia and look at Asian military history and kind of see the intersection of U.S. naval history and Asian military history and trends in Asia. Um, and so those are sort of my areas that I love to write about. Um, 
I, you know, I like World War II, uh, I, and, and I've done some writing on World War II, but, you know, most of what I've done hasn't really been what you would call battle history or drum and bugle history. Um, most of what I've been interested in is war and society and organizations and institutions. And I'm really interested in those periods when, you know, when, when of Cold War or less than war or peace um, and the dynamics of what's going on there. So that's really where my interests lie. No, that certainly makes sense. Uh, what electives do you teach here at CGSC? Well, as the Navy guy, I teach a sea power elective. So I, I, uh, I kind of bring both the experience from my Navy career and, uh, and my interest in naval theory and doctrine to that. But it, I actually inherited the course, so I didn't author the course. I'm one of those guys who, I'm kind of like that guy Salieri in, in, in the movie Amadeus. I'm not real good at coming up with anything new but I'm really good at identifying the good ideas that other people have. And so I inherited this course called Sea uh, uh, Power from a guy who had gone to the School of Advanced Military Studies and he had had to leave here and go back to the fleet. And so I took over his job here on active duty. And so that elective became uh, uh, Modern Sea Power Theory and Campaigns. And it was designed as a course on what we would call the School of Advanced Military Studies model, which is you front load the course with readings on, on naval theory or on military theory, and then you use campaigns to highlight and, and illustrate and, and debate and dialogue over you know, the efficacy of, of theory. So sort of a theory, uh, practice, a theory practice course. So that's sea power in theory. So I teach that elective. And right now it's a required elective for the Navy guys here at the college because all of their counterparts at the Naval War College have to take it. Um, the, uh, the other uh, electives I teach, I teach for the, the, the pre-SAMS courses, Evolution of Military Thought. I really, I've always loved reading military theory, reading about military theory. And so I've been one of the guys that's been teaching that for about the last 10 years. But you know, unlike a lot of the guys, I'm actually a SAMS graduate. So I actually had to go through the course back in 1996 um, before I went to SAMS. And then, of course, I went through SAMS. So so I feel like I kind of know what the SAMS guys are looking for when I teach it to them. So I teach evolution of military thought. I've, I've taught the Great Campaigns course. I won't teach it. Um, and then the other two electives that I've actually taught here in the college for the history department have been... Uh, uh, World War II in the Pacific, and uh, I've also uh, taught a DeJamo elective while I was in the history department on uh, Chinese military developments. So and this was when Dr. Babb, who's also on our faculty, was still in DeJamo. So I actually, he asked me to come over because he thought I had the chops to kind of teach, you know, Chinese, Chinese military developments over the past three or 400 years. Um, so I've also taught that elective. So I could probably teach that elective as well. Um, and I'm happy teaching those electives, but, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of other electives I, I could probably teach if I wanted to. I mean, I'd love to teach the Napoleonic course at some point in my life, even though I haven't done that yet. I'd, I'd love to do that. And with, with John here, you know, I might not get to do that anytime soon. So, <laughs> so uh, you, you are a, a Navy person at an Army school that is probably about the furthest we can get from a coast in the United States. 
So how, how does that fit together in this kind of joint construct we have here? Well, you know, the reason I'm here is because of Goldwater Nichols. They, they passed this Reform Act that required, uh, Congressman Ike Skelton required Joint Professional Military Education, JPME. And because of that, the Navy was required to send officers to Fort Leavenworth. So I ended up coming here as a student, as like John says, as far away from a beach as you can imagine, unless you count mud banks as beaches. <laughs> and um, I came here in order to get my PME. Now, I wanted to go to the Naval War College. I asked to go to the Naval War College, but they said, well, we don't have any of those billets, but we could send you to either Maxwell Air Force Base in Alabama or we can send you to Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. And so this was back in the 90s, so the internet was just coming out. But my wife kind of went online and found out that the schools were really good here and that they were much better than schools in Alabama. So we came here because of the schools, because we had school-age kids. So that's how I ended up here. When I got here, it was kind of like Br'er Rabbit. <laughs> I kinda, it's kind of this place that nobody in the Navy ever wanted to come. But what I figured out, it was kind of like a briar patch. It was my home. I, they had the... The reason I came here is I had a buddy that was going to college here, going to the PME course, getting his JPME-1. And I called him and said, hey, you know, what's it like at Fort Leavenworth? What's the course like? He goes, well, it's very Army-focused, lots of tactics. You know, he goes, but you'll love it. And, and, and he said, the reason you'll love it, John, is because everybody in the squadron knows that you love military history. And the military history department here is the best military history department in the world and you will just love it. You might not like the rest of the curriculum, but you'll love it just because of the military history curriculum. We have history once a week, and, and you'll just love it. And he was absolutely right. I, I loved it. I loved it so much that when I found out that, that most of the SAMS curriculum was military history, I applied to SAMS so I could stay another year and study more military history over at SAMS. So the Army is, is, is of the services. The Army does a better job valuing and teaching military history to its officers than any of the other services. And so I kind of took advantage of that. And I kind of told myself, if I ever get a chance to come back here and teach in the military history department at CGSC, I'm gonna do it. And of course I did, so, so there you go. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for joining us today, Dr. Kuhn. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, John. Please be sure to check out our other podcast, A Confused Heap of Facts, where we sit down with military historians from the Department of Military History and special guests to talk about topics in military history.